0: Science fiction has helped society look to the future with shows like Star Trek, Doctor Who, and Battlestar Galactica, and movies like Star Wars, The Matrix, and The Avengers have helped us pioneer the use of new technologies and to never give up on the human spirit. Fantasy stories like The Lord of the Rings, The Chronicles of Narnia, and even the game Dungeons and Dragons have helped us look at the past with an open mind, but have led us to question the fundamental principles of like good and evil, right and wrong, reality versus fantasy, and to question our morality versus our humanity. Cosplay has always blurred the lines between science fiction, fantasy, and reality. For those to participate in the hobby, advancements in technology have caused more and more people to participate in cosplay. With the addition of 3D and resin printers, it's even easier to make and mass produce the costumes and props from our favorite TV shows and movies. To the public the ever-expanding worlds of science fiction and comic book conventions have led to more and more cosplayer interactions this podcast is your exclusive space for science fiction news this podcast is your place to catch up on the world of fantasy this podcast is your place to talk about the role of cosplay this podcast is
1: the galaxy has
0: Folks, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have with me three people in our studio, including Emperor Palpatine himself. <laughs> I have with me Austin, the Inquisitor. Hello. I have with me Gary the Stud. It's me, and I am Bob Crisman, your host. So today we're going to talk about several things before we talk about the very first episode of WandaVision, which yes, we are now moved on from The Mandalorian. Unfortunately, we have finished Season 2 and we got to move on and we're kind of in between. We're going to cover WandaVision, then we're going to cover Falcon and Winter Soldier before we get to Bad Batch, so there's lots for us to cover. And we might even cover Loki later on, I don't know. We haven't decided beyond Falcon and Winter Soldier and Bad Batch, which is what we're going to do next. But Disney Plus seems to definitely be giving us some things to look at, that's for sure even though i really want to cancel my subscription for certain reasons but i cannot cuz our podcast kind of relies upon it so we're going to talk about several things today we're going to before we get to the first episode of WandaVision we're going to talk about Godzilla versus Kong which we have now officially all seen on HBO Max we're then going to talk about the rumors of Keanu Reeves joining the MCU what character he might play and what that might mean for the Marvel MCU And then we're going to talk about a rumor that Kathleen Kennedy is giving up Star Wars and may hand it over to Jon Favreau willingly. Okay, so let's get right to it. We want to talk about Godzilla vs. Kong, which is a movie that just came out, what, about three weeks ago now at this point? Four weeks ago by the time we're reporting this? Um, It is a sequel to the Godzilla King of the Monsters and uh, Kong Skull Island series. It was released on March 21st, 2020. 24th, 2021. It's the fourth film in Legendary's MonsterVerse. By the way, it is also the 36th film in the Godzilla franchise. Uh, So, son, Uh you have a long catching up to do. The 12th film in the King Kong franchise. And the fourth Godzilla film to be completely produced by a Hollywood studio, meaning that it's not actually being produced by a Japanese studio. Wasn't one of the other ones Zilla and they just... just, I think there was one titled Zilla somewhere along the way. Uh, So the film stars Alexander Skarsgård. Millie Bobby Brown, Rebecca Hall, Brian Tyree Henry, Shun Uguri, Oguri, I'm wow, well, I we I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Isaac <laughs> Gonzalez, Julian Dennison, Lance Reddick, Kyle Chandler, and Demian Bichir in, in the film, Kong clashes with Godzilla as humans lure the giant ape into the hollow earth to retrieve a power source for a weapon to stop Godzilla's mysterious rampages. So. Let's talk about this a little bit about what was going on in this film. First off, wh- what part of this? What Gary? Let me start with you. What part of this film was like your favorite part of this film? Like, what part really kind of drew you into it?
1: Godzilla himself.
0: Godzilla, just seeing Godzilla
1: himself. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. And the battle on the aircraft carrier was awesome.
0: I'll admit that that battle was very interesting. Of of the battles we saw, that was probably the most, at least to me, most interesting battle. Of all the ones that we saw, uh, Austin, what was the what was the one part you liked? Like, what part drew you in? The three, on, uh, the two on one combo against what I can only describe as Mecha Godzilla Ghidorah, because it really wasn't Godzilla, because it was using a different head of a monster, and I'm guessing it's Ghidorah because.
1: What that was was the Pacific Rim, tele- telecommunication between brains and the. Mech mech that's there yeah, and they're using Ghidorah's head as that because that's that how was Ghidorah's head correct? Yes, okay, yes. <clears throat> we established it was Ghidorah. We just couldn't
0: figure out because after a certain I guess... surge or something happened, then the bomb thing yeah. itself. I guess my question was why did they choose Ghidorah not Mothra or Ghidorah and not you know what I mean like they had options?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, because that's the only head that was available at I, the, at I the guess. time.
0: That's true. <laughs> My, I'll agree with Gary, and one of my favorite parts was actually the, the whole battle in the ocean. I thought that was one of the better parts of the movie. It was definitely interesting to see Kong out of his element and getting his butt kicked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that like, was interesting. underwater being choked by Godzilla's tail. As Godzilla's like, you're going to the water with me. Come with me.
1: Well, I, the, the, the whole part where Kong outright punches him with everything he's got, and <laughs> just doesn't even stagger him. Doesn't even yeah. stagger Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Godzilla comes back up and sl- bitch slaps him.
0: Yeah. But Godzilla yeah. looked at him like, that tickled. <laughs>
1: and, and, and knocks Kong for a loop.
0: I'll admit, I kind of MST3K'd this thing because it did get to a point where it's kind of like, all right, this is getting ridiculous and I need to start saying something because it just looks ridiculous. It was now.
1: awesome. You and I
0: had great time. We did. It. It's a good thing my <laughs> wife wasn't around because she would have been like, shut up. Uh, but we couldn't help it. I know if Gary and I had been in the theater together watching it, we would have been MST3K'd. You would have been Sattler thing. and Wardor- Waldorf. Yeah. Uh, I, I gave Godzilla a voice. Let's put it that way. Well,
1: uh, let's put it this way. When I was when I first watched it, I was doing my WWE commentary. Oh, okay. Oh. he smacks no him
0: down. Oh, yeah. He's got I, a think, right hook. I think I think I said something <laughs> about like I think that was a clothesline, you know, or something like that. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, because there are a couple clotheslines in there, and there definitely was a. There was a TNT jump on onto God or on King Kong at some point. So what you're saying is the only thing you needed was a cage fight with a chair. What? Well, I thought well,
1: <laughs> so that, that, that came at the end. Right. It was a triple threat match. Right.
0: And actually, the the building cop shows the, up. The buildings <laughs> turned into the ladders that they used to beat each other yeah. with. You know, like that's that's yeah.
1: And, oh no, he's got a chair. <laughs> and the one and the one thing I liked was the fact that I feel Kong knew he was outmatched outmatched yeah outpowered everything yeah, yeah. whole way he was scared i
0: think that's why he was so scared about getting put on the boat <laughs> like like <laughs> i think if kong had the option he would been like nope nope don't put me on the boat <laughs> kong's <laughs> looking at the water going no 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 this mm-hmm. isn't safe guys he's down there so so let me ask you guys this what part of the movie did you not like was there any part of the movie you didn't like the whole Middle Earth. I was going to say the whole Hollow Earth. Yeah, you didn't Earth like the thing. Hollow Middle Earth thing at all? Yeah. Awesome. Was there anything like, that you didn't like? The Hollow Earth thing, because it looked like uh, Marvel's oh, Savage Land. It basically the Savage like, Land? It looked like yeah. a weird alien Savage Land. Like, now we have Kong's Savage Land where he can wander in peace.
1: I, I think I would have liked it better if they showed more Titans. In the it, ho- in that it, land? It, yeah. Yeah, I All agree with you. it
0: looked you. like was a bunch of mysterious monsters, like they took Jurassic animals I, and merged them with mammals. I was mammals. just disappointed there was no Gamera in that land. I mean, really. <laughs> d- different I d- different f- franchise, Bob. <laughs> no,
1: I'm kidding.
0: Just have while we're wandering through and he's killing that like dinosaur fla- no, uh, the, the, flounder thing. You just have a flying turtle shell.
1: <laughs> they, 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 they didn't even need to have him battle anything other than the, the few that did attack him, you know? But you know, Everything else would have been all right. And
0: then you needed to have the little Japanese boy next to Millie Bobby Brown going, Cameron! <laughs> and <laughs> um,
1: and it just so happens that he had his own throne.
0: Yeah, yeah right? Yeah, like... Well, it makes him king of the beasts, you know. See, that was the part I was bothered by I was going to get to. I really did not like... The whole, like, we're going after a power source that nobody knows about. Like, yet again, we're after fuel or power, right? Like, once again. again. And so what does Kong come up with to fight Godzilla? Because there was no other way to make Kong effective against Godzilla. No. Instead, we give him Stormbreaker made out of the back of Kong, in order no, to back of Godzilla, no. or back of Godzilla, excuse me, back it, of Godzilla, okay. in order to make him powerful it, enough to be able to step up to, to from, Godzilla. from
1: what I read, the bone handle is from uh, one of the the brain skuller, skullers or whatever you want to call them. Okay, and uh, a fin from an older Godzilla. Okay, and if you did notice it, he did manage to kill one of the Godzilla creatures. Right. Because that's what he pulled the ha- the axe out of, right?
0: But you get what I'm saying, right? Like that just seemed a little—I don't know. We gotta we gotta level him up a little bit. So we part give part him of me wanted to be like, ax. is he is he worthy? Like you know, like <laughs> like was Kong really worthy? I, I just where uh, is he just lifting? I up also didn't like said. the fact that we took that company, and I'm forgetting the name of the company now. Oh. Uh,
1: that apex
0: apex thank you and it's and we made gen. apex in gen basically we basically <laughs> we made apex in that basically they were doing whatever they could to manipulate the creatures to get what they wanted which was this have this energy source that they were looking for uh you know now i get it the whole point of the movie is to show humans being the greedy little bastards that we are and then we need energy and then we're going to use whatever we can including godzilla and king kong uh, in order to get to our energy. But I just... I don't know. I didn't like that part of the movie. There could have been a better storyline there. I just felt like that was a really craptastic storyline to throw out. in there. A yeah, cop-out. Cop out.
1: Like... But, again... Okay. The only thing that mattered... Big monsters.
0: True. <laughs> true. The only thing that really matters... And I kind of pointed that out to, to Austin. I'm like, you know... Oh, there! Kong fell over again! There's another 60,000 Japanese people dead. Oh, well. You know, like... It's well, definitely not a Batman Superman kind of movie where, you know, like anybody cares about any human life at all. Well, no, they were trying it's just to about evacuate the, titans. the city. They were trying to evacuate the city. You but saw again, that. and I'm just saying this facetiously only because every Godzilla movie ever has pretty much been that way, right? Like, Isn't am that I wrong? Like, there, like, games like, about people who just, like, destroy. Chi- uh, uh, they destroyed Japan, and it's like, oh, look, Godzilla came through again. All I can say is that this really had happened to Japan by now. They would b- bother actually building on the island anymore. Right? <laughs> well- like, why
1: bother? <laughs> why do we live here? <laughs> That's what I like, all right? Godzilla is a, an allegory about what happens when you release a power that shouldn't be unleashed. Right. So you create this big giant monster... And uh, only attacks Tokyo. (laughs) Right?
0: Why isn't it attacking the United States?
1: Yeah. Uh, Or or, or Russia.
0: Or Britain. Well, I just don't think that would be popular with Americans, to be honest about that. But I get what you're saying. Like, it's about releasing nuclear material on Earth. Well, the Japanese didn't do that. We did, you right. know. Like, <laughs> like, and I get what you're saying. There's kind of an irony there, considering we released it on Japan, yet somehow Japan's the one getting it again, right. and you again, know, and, and, again, again, and again, and again, and again.
1: And King Kong was a American monster, correct?
0: And it really, for me, all it looks like is an ape that got too big. <laughs> well, that is what King Kong is. He's an ape that got over. over. Yeah.
1: Well, that's a, that's the thing when you have. Undiscovered frontier on the planet, right? All right, what? what why? Why were the dinosaurs so huge? Do you do, do, do you remember from science class? Well,
0: honestly, we that
1: was a footnote. I don't. I, know I have an answer never... to this, but it's Jurassic Park because the DNA. <laughs> 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 no, because because of the oxygen-rich atmosphere that we had at the time. Yeah. Okay, ninety some percent of the atmosphere was oxygen. And you grow big when, when you got a lot of oxygen and stuff.
0: That's my problem. I've been sucking up too much oxygen. Yeah, especially during the pandemic. I don't know what I'm thinking.
1: <laughs> I don't know yeah. how, you, how you're doing it. You're not wearing a mask. That's All I know you. is yes, I got to
0: start with less oxygen in my house. And What's less wrong? Gravity.
1: With- <laughs> yes. So. Also- and, um, I have to stop using the Earth's gravity, because you, you, you look at the planet in Jurassic Park and, or Jurassic Error.
0: See now I got him thinking it. Mm-hmm.
1: It's all I got in his head. It's all giant trees and it's all covered with vegetation and stuff. So and huge orchestras that play.
0: <laughs> 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 what I
1: know you're going to bring that up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How did you guys feel about this movie? Like, is this? Would you recommend this to a friend? You, like. Would you highly recommend this to a friend, or would you just kind of be like, well, this is a movie you want to watch if you're a Godzilla fan, or if you're not, maybe not so much? Uh, more the latter.
1: <laughs> what do you think, Gary? I've told everybody to watch it. Yeah? No. I mean,
0: if you want to just watch Monsters go at it, skip to the last, like, ten minutes. I actually think there was a pretty good amount of action throughout the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I was not bored in this movie at all. Oh, so this was in a movie that Gary fell asleep in, like Resistance. Well, can
0: I can I point out, did I fall asleep at all? During- you actually did. No, I didn't. During the Hollow Earth scenes, you were asleep. I heard you snore. <laughs> okay, for about three <laughs> minutes of that, I will own that. Okay. But, okay, not as bad as Zack Snyder's Justice yes. League, okay? And I really want to just kind of glaze over that real quick. My son and I decided to watch the four hours of that movie. I'm telling you right now, don't do it. It's four hours of your life you cannot get back. Is and he- also, I'm going to just say this it's four hours! <laughs> the heck? Who does that I to mean- an audience? Seriously.
1: Okay, can, can, can I say something? Gods and generals. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, Bob, out, indoor voice.
0: Please. I can't handle it. I couldn't handle that movie. That's how bad it was. My like ears seriously. are hurting. Please. Like, I, four, four hours of, like, just, like, stab me in the heart and take me home.
1: The the, the whole stupid slow motion stuff. and Oh, my god. They, they could have done away with that part. But other than that, I liked it all the way through. I, mean, I told
0: my son the only thing that could have made it worse was what? A lens flare. If there were a couple more lens flares in there, then that's it. I'd have been out. So one of my friends and I, we were discussing this. We are like, okay, here's the ultimate, like, terrible combo. Lens fair with slow motion and then explosions in the background. Yes, the Michael Bay, Abrams, Snyder. <laughs> yes, what do we call that? The base Snyde... night, the Snyder, the Snyder Day Abram, or
1: something, something like, that. like that. We <laughs> came up
0: with some weird <laughs> for it. Look, it's a Snyder Day Abram because every time they like slow mode, I'm like, there's another one. <laughs> like, are you serious?
1: Yeah, they they they, they could have took all the slow motion stuff out of it and, and been all right. In yeah, my
0: opinion. and I want to glaze over it a little bit, but we we were making we were MSTK that because. The slow-mo was hilarious. Because it was <laughs> the only way I could stay awake, yeah. honestly. And and honestly, it was like somebody went and watched The Matrix and went,
1: Yes! <laughs> that's amazing! And decided to apply it to a superhero movie.
0: And I'm like, No! And, it's not amazing!
1: And, and, and like I told you guys before,
0: <laughs> take a
1: nap, <laughs> Yeah, have a nice, comfortable pillow underneath your butt, and you'll enjoy the movie.
0: I, uh, I didn't think it was bad. I just felt like you could filter some stuff. Kind of in, I, in I, the same way. To I get enjoyed back, it. I had a great day. I enjoyed it, too. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> if yeah. you were to cut out a lot of the filler and maybe shorten the slow-mo I, segments. I will say this. The one part I did appreciate and, the, and that I did enjoy was that Dark Side actually showed up. And mm-hmm. they actually showed the battle between the gods and the superheroes of Earth. Uh, that And, and I kind of like the fact that... I actually that appreciated that. I like the fact that we acknowledged the anti-life equation that we actually saw like, kind of being in use and then didn't get used. Now, you have not seen the original cut. No. I can't wait to show you that at some point, because you're going to be uh, like, what was that? That was a dumpster fire, compared to I, the four hours of Snyder <laughs> Cut. So, um, I have to admit, YouTube has been recommending, like, side by side comparisons of scenes that were just, like, dubbed over. Yeah. And one of them is the Superman scene where he arrives to battle. I'm forgetting his name. Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. And we don't. It doesn't look anywhere
1: near the same. It enough. was awful in the and movie. And I watch it
0: through going, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was awful in the movie. It was just kind of like out of nowhere. Wow. Superman arrives. You're like, oh. Well, the r-
1: the r- biggest okay. problem I had with Superman was the fact that they had to Photoshop his mustache off. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. I was going to say, yeah. it kind
0: of looks obvious. Yes. Is it in the Snyder Cut? Because I didn't see it as much. It, it, it's
1: there. It's there. Is it smooth? If you it? really look okay. for it. Okay. V- it must v- not been pairing. Kind Here's of the motion. other
0: thing I was a little annoyed with with the Snyder Cut. And Gary, it probably didn't affect you too much. But it's shot in four three, not in widescreen, right? <laughs> yes. So, like, I've got my black bars on the side. And, oh, by the way, some of the shots they they threw in were older shots, and they never refined them, right? So you could tell what was stuff that they threw in at the last minute and what was, you know, like, well shot and well edited and well put together shots. Uh, I wish he would have spent a little more time to clean it up. That that you know what I mean, if I'm going to watch 4 hours of a movie, I want to see a clean movie. I don't want to see and see it in HD not standard. Right. Well, I death. don't understand why like... I can't see it in HD. I don't get it. So, so I have a as our, Let's get back to Kong versus Godzilla. What did you guys think of Mecha Godzilla? As he were, cuz he was kind of Mecha Godzilla but kind of not. Almost felt Pacific Rim too much.
1: (laughs) Nope. What do you think, Gary? I I compared the whole thing as Kong being Daniel Bryan, Godzilla being Edge, and uh, Roman Reigns being Mechagodzilla.
0: Okay, you lost me on all that. I was going to say, you've got...
1: That's a a WWE triple threat match at WrestleMania. Uh,
0: There we go. That's where you lost me. See, I stopped at WWF. (laughs) Didn't continue down the rabbit hole? I,
1: I do not care at all. About Roman Reigns. And Mechagodzilla was acting identical to how Roman Reigns has been acting lately. The underdog being Daniel Bryan and and Kong being the underdog. underdog, And pretty much he's the one that defeated Mechagodzilla with the help of the nuclear-powered axe.
0: Right. All I know is I was waiting for when Godzilla went to to, uh, use his atomic breath to throw atomic breath down his throat and just. I will say that... there was the one scene where they were both like the red and blue was going at had each a other. The beam and, struggle and but that I was, was awesome. like, that actually was kind of cool. I say except for the fact that that almost looked like a you know, like Superman and you know bad guy bad what's the. It's- Reverse Superman, dude. I always forget Bizarro? his Bizarro, Bizarro. Remember how they used to have the two yeah. of them? You know, like even, I kind of felt like that was one of those. Or moments, even the but. Iron Man versus War Machine, right? Yeah, same unit, idea. Uh, uh, the lasers going yeah. at each other and but, back and forth, but
1: they did that in the original Godzilla. You're right. Yeah, Mega Godzilla. So yes, they did. That's the one thing I did like is that they did pay a lot of homage to the old Kong versus Godzilla movie and the Mega Godzilla versus Godzilla. <laughs> Stuff they, they they did a good job as as making comp- almost the same type of battles and stuff. I'll them. agree.
0: I think there was a lot of good. Now somebody did their research. I'll put it now, that way now, when it came to the, to the battles. I, I,
1: I didn't get the tree shoved down Godzilla's throat. Dead. But I did get the axe handle. Yes. shoved down his throat. So that's <laughs> close, close enough, enough right? Close <laughs> enough. Yeah.
0: What did you guys think of the subplot with Millie Bobby Brown? And the African American dude running off to the Apex facility and all that was that filler, like, filler, filler. Was it needed? What did you think, Gary? Was it needed? I mean, Austin's calling it filler. What did you think, Gary?
1: Well, when I first, I, I, I've seen it multiple times already. So it's, it's okay. Uh, the first time I watched it, I thought it was just, eh. They could just drop that. Mm-hmm. But then after subsequent watches and stuff, it it, it, it kind of explained more of what Apex was doing. Okay. And I think he needed to have that there for the reason why Mechagodzilla just showed up.
0: Okay, I get what you're saying. Because could... otherwise Mechagodzilla is just a Yeah, it's like, a well, well, okay, what? Whoa, what? It's, a, he... it's yeah, a Doctor probably... Who sonic screwdriver moment. Yeah, yeah. it's like, okay. where did this
1: thing come from? Well, right. well the Apex has been building it. And and could... Because if you didn't have that, then you'd never know that Mechagodzilla was going to show up at all. Could yeah. they,
0: Could they have told this story without the whole center of the Earth thing? Like could it have hollow happened? earth. I call it the upside down. Austin doesn't get it, but you know, Stranger uh, Things for those people yeah. that get it. I call it the upside down because that's kind of what it is.
1: What, what what I would have liked to have seen was um, a bigger battle between Kong and Godzilla, where Godzilla did win, but he suffered massive injuries. I
0: was gonna say Kong was the only one who was really bleeding.
1: Mechagodzilla shows up, rips a scale off of Godzilla, or whatever, and. Takes energy from. Them, that's what makes them power up. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, that's how I would have done it that way. Yeah. So it,
0: that's so, kind of cool, though. I could see that.
1: So the whole Middle Earth thing, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> make now it, now it, it, I'm
0: picturing a bunch of dwarves running around in the middle of that. <laughs> we're not. We're not distant and honest. We're just trying <laughs> it, to find Erebor. You know. <laughs> Sorry.
1: They, they, they found Mordor. And, right. And they, they,
0: they put the key in, and it's over.
1: Well, well, that's the thing. <laughs> Kong shows up, goes to Mordor, gets an axe, and goes and... It is dip. kind of a Lord of the
0: Rings moment, isn't it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so they could have did away with that whole thing. In my opinion.
0: In my opinion. That's why I asked it, because I kind of agree with you. Like, that whole thing seemed a little... I don't know, like, too quinky-dink, you know, I don't know. It felt forced. It felt very forced, that, that whole It felt like you were scene. trying to be adding mysterious world-building and I think failed. they thought it would be cool from a visual standpoint to have a world where you could jump up in the middle of the sky and the world would go the other way. You know what I mean? I thought that it was... I get what they were trying to do visually, but it was kind of like, eh. You know, like, I don't know. It just didn't... It didn't it seem did, necessary.
1: It didn't mesh with the rest of the storyline. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is they just needed to throw in more Titans in the background? Right, we'd have been fine with it. You know, battling each other, just it would have been, moping around. You know, I mean, like if you be- had a
0: Mothra fighting with a, a smaller Godur or something in the background, I'd have been like, okay, cool, uh, cool.
1: Not, you know? not, not even just had like a, ro- a Rodan flying around. I, I would even that. I would have
0: been okay with that. I would yeah, have been um, interested if maybe Godzilla, when he disappears into the water, goes down into a hole in the Hollow Earth, and you could have had a Kong versus Godzilla fight down there that well, leads up through one of the holes.
1: Well, this this is my, my whole problem and the whole thing is is I don't think Godzilla can handle that whole Earth part,
0: right? You don't think so? He's
1: he's his home base is uh, is was the, in the was underwater, right? off Mexico,
0: so you could have had a situation where you had this area where he can come in and it's mostly water and it's water with different gravity. And yeah. you have the area where the throne is with Kong, and you can have a battle for the throne.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly, because yeah. that's Kong's domain. Right. Godzilla's domain is underwater. Is right. underwater and it was destroyed. Right. Kong's domain is under the earth and destroyed.
0: So, okay, maybe I, I was just trying to see if we could bring a couple know. more All right. action fights. in. So, <laughs> my final question: Do you guys think this is it for the American Kong Godzilla series, or do you think they're prepared to go further and go on from here
1: they're going further I you was mean, they're going go further
0: Gary? if they wanted to end it I would what I was expecting when I walked into film watching this film like okay somebody's gonna die and they're gonna have one person be the king of the monsters I was expecting Kong to be dead by the end of the film well I think that's what King of the monsters was all about though well so you pretty much just described the movie before this one well <laughs> I know. was waiting for king of all monsters so that the Kong gets his ass and
1: well, Hits here, his
0: butt kicked.
1: Here, here's the thing, and uh, I'm stealing this meme. Mm-hmm. Is why be a king when you can be a god? True. King Kong is the king. Godzilla's the He's god. Right. Okay. Gods are higher than kings. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, but at the same time, I wanted to see Kong dead. <laughs> I kind of did too. Just, yeah. just, just, wow. <laughs> just to have a definitive victor, right, between the two of them. I
0: agree with you. I didn't like the draw where the Godzilla no, swam off and God, you know, no, King Kong gets to go home. I, and... I
1: did kind of like the whole uh, mutual respect between the two of them. Yeah, I did like that. I understand, but at the same time, I still would have liked the scene.
0: I wanted a king, I wanted somebody to win. Yeah, yeah I guess that's yeah. yeah. Maybe there'll and, be a King Kong versus Godzilla two. <laughs>
1: and, and and you did have Godzilla actually winning, right? Which everybody says he didn't.
0: Oh, he did. I think he did.
1: Yeah, because he he's the one that crushed his heart, right? Well, he, I should say stopped his heart, right, by standing at it.
0: And you had him be scratched and bled in multiple portions of this film. Well, I mean, Godzilla, or excuse me, King Kong would have been dead had it not for them been for the human interference right. of defibrillating him. You know, like that, <laughs> he would have been dead. Yes, period, yes, he would. Period. So if they move forward, what creatures do we have left? Gary, I know, I know you would know this. I'm, I'm not even sure w- well, who's left.
1: Okay, as far as from King of the Monsters, yeah, you had Behemoth... Oh, that's right. Uh, Which is like a big giant uh, mammoth-type creature. How that's going to fight Kong or Godzilla, I have no idea. There's a giant spider that I guess in the prequel graphic novel was the only one that got anywhere close enough to get to Skull Island. Okay. But, But Godzilla interfered with that and bitch slapped the spider around. Okay. Where the spider kind of went home with the tail between its legs. She loves loses. Got it. Get that out of my head. <laughs> I. Methuselah, I think, is, is another one. Okay. That's just from King of the Monsters. So I. If you there look,
0: were some other creatures that, that Godzilla fought somewhere along the way, <coughs> right. right?
1: Godzilla only lost to one creature. And that was the. I don't remember the the actual name of him, but it was a smog monster.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So Did he really lose though? I thought he just kinda ran with his tail between his legs on that one.
1: Well it's a loss. I guess that's a loss, yeah. Yeah. You know, Planet X
0: that they haven't, they haven't even touched on that. Touched
1: yet. yet. Except for the fact that Ghidorah wasn't from Earth. Right. it's not a natural alpha on Earth. So that could be the there could, they could they could do a whole prequel of just Ghidorah itself, and there is a *Space Godzilla* where uh, the aliens come and take DNA from Godzilla and make their own. Really, Godzilla. I don't remember that one. Huh. Okay, so, Marvin the Martian, <laughs> I will now
0: take this <laughs> my P five nine space modulator
1: and modulate your DNA, and I shall modulate
0: my- Godzilla. <laughs>
1: But, but, but then the Vorgans come and they blow the planet up and, and then Gamera and then shows they, up. No no, Gamera will never show up. Do you know you don't know who the Vorgans are then. No. Do you, Bob? The, uh, the name sounds familiar, but I, I'm I'm I'm
0: drawing a blank as to where the Vorgans come from. Uh,
1: Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. There we go. That's it. <laughs> that's right. The Vorgan construction. Company. That's right. Yeah yeah yeah. Making a space. Uh, Space highway, right through Earth. Right through Earth, (laughs) yes. I remember that now. What? Okay. Okay, so let's talk about our next topic. And the dolphins leave and say thanks for all the fish.
0: (laughs) Okay, so let's move on to our next topic. So there's rumors flying about that Keanu Reeves uh, could be joining the Marvel MCU. And, of course, as soon as that was announced... Speculation as to what role Keanu Reeves could be playing started to fly about on the internet. And according to We Got This Covered, they think they figured out the role that Keanu Reeves could actually be potentially playing or might have the looks to play. And that is that Keanu Reeves could look great as Mr. Sinister in, X-Men, in the Marvel's X-Men reboot. So Gary, I know this uh, I brought this up because I knew of all people you would be excited about this because Mr. Sinister is one of your favorite uh, x men characters other than Colossus correct if cor- I remember, cor- correct, remember yep. correctly
1: well Colossus is my my hero and uh, Sinister is your my bad villain. guy right? My villain,
0: yep. uh so what do you think of this idea of Keanu Reeves playing the role of mr. sinister? Is this something you think would be, that he could pull off could
1: I think he could pull it off, but at the same time um Sinister was never really a hands-on fighter.
0: Right. Didn't he manipulate other people to do what he
1: wanted them to do? Right. I almost
0: feel like if you're going to use Sinister, whoops. If you're going to use Sinister, you almost need to build up to Sinister, right? Like, I mean, like, they were doing a really good job of that in the Days of Future Past groupings. Well,
1: well, the first class. Movies, yes. Right,
0: because they, they had the Trask Corporation. No,
1: there's the Corp.
0: Thank you, thank you. Exocorp, that's the one. Uh And they were starting to build up to Sinister, I think, showing up. Right. And I, I was kind of disappointed that we never got to that point where they... Right.
1: A- after Apocalypse, if they still had the the franchise attached, right. there would be a Sinister showing up.
0: I mean, they they hinted at it enough between or, or, two or, of the three movies. Or you
1: should see a Nathaniel Essex. Sure. Right, at
0: least, yeah, Essex Corporation and all that.
1: And uh, Nathaniel Essex is a serious doctor type type of person, right? And I think Keanu Reeves could could do that part. And he, the fan picture that they have on there is yeah. is really good as Mister Sinister. I just don't see him because everybody knows him as John Wick, and he is kind of a
0: good guy guy right like i
1: mean even though he plays well, bad boy roles well john wick wasn't really a good guy or a bad guy he was just a he was like an anti-hero really yes yeah
0: and and i i say that only because like when you look at his roles like the matrix he He's literally Neo. was jesus christ i mean like Pretty i'm much. sorry neil is the story of jesus christ i don't care what anybody says he comes back to life he gets resurrected by the robots all that that's that's the story of Neo. There's so, a whole book written about it called The Faith of Matrix. I read it for one of my film I, classes. I, I, think it's it a, I think it was hilarious. I think it's awesome. It's not hilarious. I think it's actually a valid. It's a valid argument. argument. But I'm argument. saying, but there's some of the things that they go in so far detail to oh, make yeah, me I laugh a little bit. I'm I get it. Like, like they are like, almost a little too analytical in the book trying yeah. to detail it out. But I think it's a valid argument that you could say that the story of Christ could be is being told in a modern way through the Matrix. Not to derail us, oh. but in in that case, you know, Keanu Reeves was definitely a good guy. Right. Uh, you know, when you consider him, um, you know, in John Wick, I agree with you, Gary. He's very much an antihero. Uh, Bill and Ted, he's a good guy. He, he you know, he he's, he's a lovable good guy. Well, he's kind of a dorky good guy, but in <laughs> bad good guy in a way. But uh, you know, so I get that. Toy Story four, he played the... Duke Kaboom. Duke Kaboom. The Canadian stuntman. Now, is that a good guy? You know, He's a stuntman, so... So, again, he's kind of an anti-hero Not really. He actually did a whole bunch of the stuff that was good for the, uh... Oh, yeah, for the toys. Toys at large. So, technically, kind of a good guy. So, that's... I agree with you, Gary. It's kind of hard to see Keanu Reeves as this, like... Evil, manipulating bad guy. You know, I,
1: yeah, a, a serious. Uh, I would
0: love. I would be open to watching it more or less. Like I don't know much about Sinister on Mister Sinister, I should say. Unlike Gary.
1: Well, the, I'm the, open. The other thing is too is Apocalypse is the one that took a human and gave him powers. Right. He's not really a mutant. That's the other thing too. Right. Where everybody thinks he is, he's not. He's a geneticist that helped Apocalypse obtain immortality without having the Lazarus Pit type thing. Um,
0: You're talking about Mister Sinister, yes? Yeah, sinis- Sorry, you said you said Apocalypse. That's well, what I was- no,
1: no, no. Uh, Sinister, Nathaniel Essex helped Apocalypse right. obtain immortality without having the Lazarus Pit right thing. <laughs> That that was from the movie, uh, 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 that was in the movie Apocalypse. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, They were using the mutant powers to take the body that Apocalypse burned out into another body. Okay. So Nathaniel Essex did that for Apocalypse and got immortality himself from Apocalypse by being made into what he is. But, I mean, the, Mr. Sinister.
0: the good news is that's kind of thrown out at this point, right? I mean, like... Well, that,
1: that, that's the comic book stuff. I, get it. I it, get it. It came right out of the comic book. So, my biggest concern is, is I want it done correctly. I don't want it done half-assed.
0: I agree. And I hope they don't rush it. You know what I mean? That's my other big thing about the X-Men and, and just mutants in general. Don't rush the storylines in these guys. Like, actually let it play out over... An extended period of time. Do what you did with all the Marvel films up to this point for Avengers, for your X Men. I I would like for them to do that. Yes. Give do Wolver- I think they're going to? No. No. I'd say give Wolverine his own film and have him go toe to toe with. The no, actually, I the I, I think they need to almost do like a backstory first. Like almost do like they did in Apocalypse. Do it right because Apocalypse sucked. And go all the way yeah, back right. to how did the mutants begin. And then you know, have somebody that's in modern day, maybe even it's just Deadpool, <laughs> that is the here's how we got to here
1: no. moment. You uh, know, and uh, maybe
0: have Charles Xavier sitting at a table talking to students, and then we flash back. No, no, too predictable.
1: It, with, with, with the Eternals coming out, they can do that with with uh, making an Apocalypse. Yeah. Okay. All right. So because supposedly that's what happened. He was the first mutant. Was a right. It was Apocalypse.
0: Okay. Well, that would make sense because he was an early Egyptian, essentially, right? Yeah. And do you think they could tie the Eternals to that? Like, the Eternals knew the mutants started in, in ancient Egypt, you know what I mean? And like, they were overlooking what was going on or watching it, as it were?
1: They could. I, I think they could. They could get away with it. That
0: long. actually might be a really good cool tie-in, actually. I thought first, what I heard is uh, there was an experiment happening on with the Eternals, and as a result, it created the mutants by accident, and also the Inhumans. Well, that's been a rumor that that's how Disney was going to do it. We don't know that's the case yet, but that's, that's a rumor that they might use Eternals in that way. I don't know. It could be a cool way to, again, to introduce the mutants to the MCU. I am worried about how they do it. I don't want it to just be like, oh, here's a Deadpool movie, now we have the mutants. You know what I mean? Like, well, it needs to be, there needs to be nuance to it. It can't just be like, prang, there's the mutants, and there you go. It's done. You I know, still, like,
1: they, they, I, they could do that. If they want an explanation, they're going to have to go back and, and, right. go and do that. But you get what I'm saying. I don't just right. want it to all of a sudden be like, there's an X-Men, there we go, we're
0: in. You know, like, I, I want it to be a little more nuanced than that, I guess is what I'm saying. So let me ask you this: If Keanu Reeves doesn't play Mister
1: Sinister, what other role could he play? What well, do you guys think? The biggest rumor that was going around the most was Moon Knight, that but we we got that thrown out because uh, they announced
0: who Moon Knight is. So right, um, that kind of ends um, that one.
1: That's Oscar Isaac. Oscar yeah, Isaac. I'm trying to
0: think of Marvel characters he could play, and I I'm I have one of- in mind. What is that? Because they're going to blow
1: your minds, and you're going
0: to be like, oh, I can see it. Um, they'll have to shave his head. <laughs> <laughs> you want him to do Xavier? No. I want him to do Ghost Rider. Ooh. Hmm. I think he could be a good Ghost Rider. An anti-hero who saves people's souls by right. Yeah, by, by taking and stare and everything right. else, yeah. Yep. I'm just... I just think Keanu Reeves would be perfect for that role. After all the other two... After watching the two Ghost Rider films with you two as we were driving to Celebration... You mean the craptastic versions? Yeah. Yeah, where you had what's-his-face... But face remember, like, they're, not, they're not... I know they're no longer... Nicolas Cage is what you're talking about. Yeah. You had him cackle like a crazy man. That, that... It depends on the interpretation of Ghost Rider they would do that he could I, do. I think you could do a mixture of something better than the Nicolas Cage version but closer to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. version. That instead of having a car, he could have the motorcycle like like he should, and he could- but he could have the leather jacket, be a badass, you know what I mean, with the chain and all that. I really think I could see Keanu Reeves playing that role. Are we going to give a full backstory upon... I think you have to. I think you upon- have to ignore Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and just, like, this is a new Ghost Rider, because Ghost Rider technically is a... Uh, how do I put this? A spirit. He's a spirit that moves from body to body. So this could be a new body that the Ghost Rider yeah. em- isn't, isn't the actual spirit of Ghost Rider named Nefe- uh, There's a yeah Mephisto or something like that. S- yeah, something. Like, he's a he's a Zerathos. S- Zerathos. He's a sub being of Mephisto and worked for Mephisto at one point in time. And Miss Mephisto is going to show up in Doctor Strange too. So
1: that is why I'm saying this could okay. you, could tie it in. You could tie it in. Um Ghost Rider is the spirit of vengeance, right? And the name you you mentioned is is correct, but okay. he had nothing to do with Mephisto. I'm
0: pretty sure he worked with Mephisto. Mephisto
1: wanted him to be his herald type of, of person.
0: Okay, so that maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Then, right? Okay,
1: so Ghost Rider is basically no. I'm in it for myself. Okay. The spirit of vengeance is in for himself. Right. And that's the whole thing, is to get vengeance on the the evil. Right. And everybody, every sub-demon, devil, everything, wanted the Ghost Rider to be... Their subordinate. Right. Working for them. Right. Is there any other characters
0: you guys think that Keanu Reeves could pull off?
1: Well, you'd ha- have to put him in a red suit and give him a mohawk. Gladiator. Oh, oh Gladiator. Okay. Uh, I was thinking of Yondu. I'm like, I thought we killed Yondu. And, then and, our and, and the only going reason why that. I say Gladiator is because he was a hands-on, fisticuffs person. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The other, the other one I, I thought of that might work for Keanu Reese, but, man, he I <laughs> would be putting him in tights and I just can't see it, uh, is, is the Captain Canuck to bring in the alpha flight team, oh, yeah. you know he could potentially pull that off too. Because again, hands on. I'm like Garrett. You, Gary, I'm thinking like a hands on character. Like who who would be that who you way? Put in for puck and me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tyrion Lannister.
0: Well, okay, either either that or I always thought Danny Elfman... Or Danny DeVito, <laughs> not Danny Elfman.
1: Dan- Danny DeVito?
0: <laughs> Danny DeVito could make a really good puck, don't you think? I, I've i always thought he's he could... He's enough, but I, I don't I, think he's short enough. He might be too old now. That's part of the problem. I,
1: I want him to play Wolverine. You want DeVito, DeVito? Yeah. playing Wolverine? I mean, he's the right height, but... Yeah. The- have you seen any of the full of him? No, <laughs> it's awesome.
0: I gotta look this. He would actually have to. He would. Wow. He'd have to beef up a lot though to make. No, that
1: No, no. Just leave him the way he is. Oh, he, God, he, no. it's, it's awesome. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay,
0: that de- definitely needs us to move on. Okay, so the last article we want to <laughs> talk about is Kathleen Kennedy. The rumor is Kathleen Kennedy is giving up Star Wars, and she's supposedly doing it willingly. Now, I will say this, there are rumors flying around inside of LFL that things are not going well. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That things are not going well. And I can tell you that Kathleen Kennedy puts on a good face and is acting like everything in LFL is great, grand, wonderful, all the projects are moving forward, everybody's happy, and and the Cassie and Andor series is going to be great, and the Obi-Wan Kenobi series is going to be great, and Bad Batch is going to be awesome, and everybody's going to love everything. And I'm telling you right now, inside of LFL, there is a civil war going on. (laughs) And I'm serious about that. There, There there is two batches of people within LFL, and they are battling with each other about what to do about moving forward with Star Wars. I feel like we should have the boxing In the red corner, we have Kathleen Kennedy representing the Empire. the (laughs) The real reality is all of this started. All of it started all the way back, and we've had a podcast about this, with the Gina Carano firing. And again, here's where it gets interesting. It's not just about Gina Carano being fired. It's how Kathleen Kennedy did it that has a lot of people upset. And supposedly Gina, by the way, I'm bringing this up now because this weekend Gina is supposed to do three interviews. And she has said, with different networks... She has said in one of those three interviews she will be outing the people who inside LFL are very upset that she got let go. Oh, I think And they're... actually contacted her and showed support for her privately, even though they wouldn't do it publicly. And she has gotten permission from those people to start talking about the fact that they privately supported her. I'm thinking Favreau, I'm thinking uh Filoni, and I'm thinking probably... I actually don't think it's Filoni. You don't Believe it or Filoni? not, I don't think it's Filoni. I do think it's Favreau. Maybe uh, the one girl that's directing Howard? Uh, Dice, Re- or Lee Dice Howard, whatever her name is. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> you know who I'm talking the about. The three-person, or three-named person, I get it. Yeah. Da-
1: Bryce Dallas
0: Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard, thank you. I knew the last name was Howard because of uh. Her, her us, we are terrible with names. So... <laughs> I, I do think you are right in that. I think Jon Favreau is one that that I think privately wants Gina back. Uh, I I think another person that a lot of people are overlooking is I think Bill Burr. I was about to say him. I, I think he. I think he really truly saw what was going on there and thought it was total BS. Okay, and that she got at, let go, and especially, and after I think the, there's a surprise. Uh, I incident. think there's a surprise. You're all gonna be surprised at. I think Kevin Feige oh. was furious at Kathleen Kennedy for her management style in the situation. I don't think he was necessarily against getting rid of Gina, but from what I'm hearing, Feige's upset that they did it through social media and said that that is not a way that a business does its hiring and firing <laughs> of people, which I can agree with. It, it, you know, I, I see what Feige is saying. If you want to get rid of somebody, you want to call them in, you want to release them – Fine. Do that privately. Don't make it a public thing, and then make a little statement, you know, on your website. But don't go out there in social media land and just be like, "Mic drop. You're fired." Ugh. You know, like he. You don't need the Donald Trump apprentice. I'm sorry, you've done a terrible. You've done but a terrible then, job. But even then, it was a You're TV fired. show that everybody agreed that that's how it was going to get handled. This is not the way you handle contracts. This is not the way you handle business. Okay, Disney's going to get a... Right, with employees, Disney's going to get a really... I mean, I'm sorry, they have a black eye. They know it. They know it. I I mean, think about this. It was so big that at the last investors meeting, and Forbes actually reported this, and Forbes doesn't like to talk about this kind of stuff, but at the last investors meeting, investors were actually asking about Gina Carano, the way it got handled, and what are they going to do about it in the future? And I'm telling you right now, Forbes magazine would not be covering that unless they thought there is still backlash inside of LFL about what's going on here. So here's what I know of from the there's two (laughs) there's two realms of thought about what's going on here. Okay. either Kathleen Kennedy is willingly going to step away. I'm not even going to call it willingly stepping away from what I've heard. Kathleen Kennedy is going to... You're going to get mad about this, but it's good for the franchise. She is going to get promoted inside Disney. To what? We don't know. But she will not be the head of LFL anymore. She'll be the head and of... And then John else. Favreau will come in and head LFL. Now, there have been counter arguments to this, and I kind of get it. John Favreau is not a business-leading type of guy. Do you get what I'm saying there? Okay, he's a behind-the-film, he's a behind-the-camera kind of dude. I could understand that, actually, when people were saying, well, he's not the guy to do it. I wouldn't be surprised if you promote Kathleen Kennedy and move Kevin Feige into head of LFL. Isn't Kevin Feige in head of uh, Marvel right now? But I think he's looking to get out of it. So it would be a sideways step for him. Let somebody else head up Marvel there's people in Marvel that could lead Marvel, and Kevin Feige could move over to Star Wars and fix it and clean it up. And okay. and there are people. The Russo brothers come. The first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. Let one of the Russos lead Marvel. Marvel's in a decent state that they could they could have Kevin Feige step away. You could have and him, they'll be okay. You could have the Midas stu- touch step away from it for a little bit and let the. Gears turn for a little bit without him And try to have the mightiest touch on Star Wars Yes, bring and get it turned around Because right now the fans are furious In the Star Wars side of things Get the fans back on your side Possibly redo the sequels Now, if that's really the, the other do. rumor that I'm hearing Is mm-hmm. that the upper management Likes Kathleen Kennedy They love her The guy who's the CEO of Disney right now And his name's slipping my mind He loves Kathleen Kennedy She's staying and they're basically going to write a letter This is the other side of it to anybody who's working for LFL, that Kathleen's staying for the next five years because her contract's up, I think in three months. Uh, but they're going to renew it for five years, and if you don't like it, now's your chance to leave. We will, if you leave now, you know, without any question, we'll give you a positive, you know, whatever on your resume, and you can go work for whoever. But um, basically, Kathleen's our, our gal, and she's going to be our gal for the next five years. So if you don't like it, take a hike. So which of these two do you think are most likely? Do you think it's the first one or the second
1: one? Well, before you go on, I've also read where the board of directors are split.
0: Yes, and that's the Civil War part. That's where I'm thinking things are going on. That's the Civil War part because the board of directors is split. One group of the board of directors wants to promote her and get her up higher in Disney because they like her. The other group of board of directors wants her to stay. And then once her gone completely. So it's, it's yeah, there's this weird battle going on within Disney about what to do about her. What do you guys think is most likely? I, I don't know. I feel like it's a mix of all the realms. It, it's.
1: I, I think Feige is going to take over Lucasfilm. They can take Kathleen Kennedy and put her in charge of new cartoons of um, Disney characters. And I could
0: totally see that being fine, no. but I don't know if that's what I, I would I, want. <laughs> I would be even more sinister with that, Gary, and, and here's where I like this is where my brain goes This is wrong and evil, but it I could see Disney doing it. I I I would move Feige to the head of LFL, you're right. I'd have the Russo brothers run Marvel. Um, I'd move Kathleen Kennedy, you're gonna you'd all hate this, to the head of Pixar. And I'll tell you why you'd make Kathleen Kennedy the head of Pixar. If you want to change hearts and minds of children, she'd be the one to do it. Because Pixar movies are always, always crafted towards which group of people? Do you really want her messing with children's minds? I'm not saying I like the idea. I'm just saying if you're a little twisted, like Disney, at least some of the people on the board of Disney, that's where I'd put... All my eggs in a basket. I'd, I'd move <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy to the head of Pixar. I was going to say, I don't think the most recent Pixar and Disney films, like, uh, was it Soul was by Pixar? Or was it? Soul was by Pixar. The Raya and the Dragon was by Disney. Both of them are not that great. Uh, well, well, they we didn't ha- do well. But, we, again, they I weren't have... box office releases, so we They're don't know. they not box office releases. But I'm sitting here saying is we watch Soul. I wasn't that impressed with it. I know a I lot of people it, loved it, I but I was like, I didn't think it was eh. all that interesting. Yeah. I thought it was kinda cool. boring. Yeah, we have music in- introduced into it. And I know, and I as a music teacher I saw a lot of potential in it and I was disappointed. And you with were it. like let down. And for me it was also Tara was like, We gotta watch it, we gotta watch it. Why? Yeah. I it? watched okay. Inside Out and I'm like, oh cool. Yeah, it's nice. I also think as you get older as an adult, the Pixar movies aren't as but isn't that the, wasn't a, the, isn't that the, the whole when your kid... point as an adult is that you could watch Pixar movies with your kid and you could still live in the wonder of a child? No, I think the point of Pixar movies is that you could watch a movie with a kid and not be completely annoyed like, say, Larry Boy <laughs> when you watched it 20 million times. Hey, I'm just saying I it's wish the young. truth. I was very young. So, Gary, you're, you you think it's more of the they want her out kind of thing.
1: I think they want her out and put her in the uh, development of new Disney princess movies. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, take her, take her feminist stuff It'll and be interesting put it there. to see where this goes. I think her contract's up either in the next month or two. I, mean, I am kind of mm. curious what their plan is. Like, what do they plan on doing here? How do they plan on moving her around? Mm-hmm. And, and then,
1: then that way they can have their first non-gendered princess.
0: <laughs> you might be right there. They might be looking for a, for a non-binary princess at this point. And they're probably gonna say it's about time, or maybe they're gonna look for their tr- first transgendered princess. Who knows? Are there any? How, do you remember when they had- stories out there of transgendered princesses? I'm not aware of <laughs> well, them. When may, they oh, put no, out no, Brave and people were mad because she's a, uh, they called her a tommy boy kind of princess. Brave. Tomboy. Yeah, or she tomboy. was kind of. She was, and uh, and they made fun of it. Even Robot Jacob made fun of it. And I'm sitting there going. And I would rather that because... Yeah, then- but I'm telling you right now, if they do this, if they do a transgendered princess, it's not going to get made fun of. It'll be celebrated. Just, just understand. I just don't understand. Just it. understand. You have to understand the culture. Okay, so those are our thoughts on those subjects. And again, those subjects were the movie Godzilla vs. Kong, Keanu Reeves and the role that he'll play in the Marvel MCU, and Kathleen Kennedy. Does she stay or does she go? Will she stay or will she go? Okay, so we'd love to hear from you. You can contact <laughs> us via Twitter. You can find find us on Facebook. You can find us on MeWe, Rumble, YouTube, and all sorts of other places like Gab.com as well. So please find us on GalaxyCast or email us at GalaxyCast at gmail.com and let us know what you think. And with that, we're going to take a break and we'll be back after our break to talk about the first episode of One Division. Mm, time for a break, it is. Return in a moment, we will.
1: (laughs) Magamaro! It's the Star Wars Creature Cantina that you put together. Action figures each sold separately. You can make them move on revolving discs with the action lever. You can even make them fall. Gotcha, Hammerhead! I told you not to follow me, Greedo. You owe us money, Han Solo. You're not going to collect this time. Wow, what a weird place. Kenner's new Star Wars creature, Cantina. Action
0: figures sold separately. She was born in Atlanta, Georgia, and although not much is known about her childhood, she was rumored to have graduated high school early, by the age of 12. But that didn't keep her from her job. As a member of America's elite counterterrorism unit known as G.I. Joe. She was one of the original members and was tasked with training them in hand to hand combat, where she met and really started to respect fellow member Snake Eyes because he was a better fighter, but let her win the sparring match anyway. As she continued her work with the Joe team, she became a counterintelligence asset. She is also an expert in martial arts and acrobatics having trained since the age of nine with her father and three brothers. She earned her black belt at the age of 15. Before joining the military, she graduated summa cum laude and even passed her bar exams to practice law. But she went into military training anyway and graduated from advanced infantry training and ranger school. Not long after this, she went on a mission to the Middle East where they tried to save George Strawhacker from COBRA. On the way there, there was a helicopter crash, and she was stuck in the burning chopper, but Snake Eyes stayed behind to rescue her. In the process, a window exploded in his face, scarring him and also damaging his vocal cords. She was one of the first Joes to enter the town of Springfield, a town that Cobra had taken over, and with the help of Cobra Commander's son, Billy, she was able to escape. lot long after, she was captured by Storm Shadow and taken to Destro's Castle in Transcarpathia. Once rescued by Snake Eyes, she learned that Storm Shadow was Snake Eyes' friend from Vietnam. She led missions to Sierra Gordo, New York, the Soviet country of Barovia, and even faked her own death to travel with a circus in Eastern Europe. She went undercover with Cobra, but got caught and subsequently escaped. She and Snake Eyes would continue to serve G.I. Joe until its disbandment in 1994. Later, when the Joes were reinstated, she was offered a position of field commander along with stalker and gung-ho. She has long red hair that she often keeps in a ponytail and she often speaks with a localized Georgia accent. Her favorite weapon of choice is the XK-1 power crossbow. Her real name is Shannon M. O'Hara, and she was recruited directly by Duke of the G.I. Joe team. But you probably know her by her codename of Scarlet the first G.I. Joe female team member and one of the most loyal and helpful. And now you know the rest of the Galaxy Cast story. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. keep a calendar of events in your kitchen? Is it in a central location like on a wall or is it hanging on the fridge? Oh, uh, yes. We know exactly why you keep your calendar in a prominent place, and that's because you can't remember anything, including inviting your boss and his wife over for dinner. Don't! Well, have we got a product for you. They're called Hearts Needed. Hearts Needed is the perfect product to highlight those important events that you need to remember. Can't remember your anniversary? Hearts Needed can help you there. Can't remember your wife's birthday? Hearts Needed can help you there as well. Don't you remember your parents' birthday? Best friend's first day sober? Dog's first time pooping anniversary? Cat's first time ignoring you day? You can remember all these events and more with the Hearts Needed sticker pack. What do you get with the Hearts Needed sticker pack? you get 24 hearts that you can randomly stick on your calendar and then try to remember why you put it there in the first place. (sighs) But wait, there's more. If you order the Hearts Needed Deluxe Pack, you'll receive 24 heart stickers and a black marker. That's right, now you can put a heart sticker on your calendar and then write on it why you put it there. Order your Hearts Needed Deluxe Pack today. Welcome back to the Galaxy Cast.
1: What if he doesn't survive?
0: Hey, folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast as we talk about episode one of WandaVision titled Filmed Before a Live Studio Audience. This was an interesting episode, and it got even more interesting as time went on was, uh, on the whole thing. It was sponsored by Buick. <laughs> Would you stop to chew it? Okay. So, we're going to read from Wikipedia's explanation of what episode 1 was about and we can talk about it as we go. let do it. <laughs> <laughs> Newlywed couple Wanda and Vision move into the town of Westview in a black and white 1950s setting. So, real quick, Gary, what are some of the TV shows that you thought this this particular episode emulated? What did you think? Cuz I know Austin's not going to know any of these, so that's he's not going to help here, but I know hey, some hey, of hey, them. Hey, hey. Well, I love Lucy. Uh,
1: yeah. Okay. I love Lucy. <laughs> Leave it to Beaver. There, I think there's to... a
0: couple that are outside of the 50s setting it emulated a little bit, too. Yeah. Uh, Bewitched. Thank you. Bewitched was another one I was going to say. I Dream of Jeannie. I thought it had a little bit of that feel to it a little bit. Yes, the next episode was better uh, with that, but there was a little bit of that feel to it. Yeah. What about the Waltons? Did you think there was a little bit of that
1: feel to it? I didn't, no. Okay. I, you it, know, it was over the top comedy. Uh, well, that's why I bring up like Walton's the, stuff. Wal- Walton's didn't have a word. Momma
0: Kettle was another one I thought about. Maybe a little over the top kind of comedy, kind of stuff, right? Well, all I know is the magical Sparkle thing just reminded me of like it's uh, the Wonderful World of Walt Disney where he had Tinkerbell. Yeah, kind like, of Tinkerbell yep. Sparkle. That's yep. all I'm thinking of. Like, <laughs> so they attempt to blend in, despite Vision being an android and Wanda having telekinesis. And reality warping abilities, because you know, everyday people have some of those things. I mean, like you know, yeah, it's just a sure, it's just a you know, it was funny because Austin brought up, he's like, why do people not realize he's an android if he's going through his like work job in five <laughs> seconds flat? Like, you how could they not it. know that? He's because sitting- they got a metal arm. <laughs> he's over there looking like Superman, going. <clears throat> well, and like, what did I tell you? I mean, we know more about the show because it's over, but at the time, I was, I even told you at the time. Well, obviously, something else is going on here it, that's that's kind of keeping people from seeing that or even realizing that this isn't normal. And obviously, Wanda it, it plays a major role in this, or it wouldn't be called one Vision. It so is. one day, they notice a heart drawn on their calendar, but neither can remember what the occasion is. So... Do you guys think that the heart had everything to do with the occasion, or do you think there was something else going on? Little column A, little column B. Okay, Gary, mm-hmm. your thoughts?
1: It was just a MacGuffin.
0: You think it was just a MacGuffin to try to get people to bite onto that? Yeah, I think there was actually something else going on there, and I, 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 I think the heart looked broken. Like it was cracked, or even like the sticker wasn't quite all together. And I'm wondering if that was a representation of Wanda's heart being broken by this point because of what we find out later. Because she's got a broken heart because Vision is not whole. Okay. Are you trying to say along the lines of what happened in Infinity War that this is that date moving into this timeline? Yes. And they have actually hinted at that this is right after Infinity War.
1: Good night. Okay. So... You, do you the, get some of the imagery here, right? I, I get the imagery and stuff, but I just don't. What <laughs> I know is that when we I go on
0: YouTube and there's people like easter egging this, they are looking for those the minute detail in the corner, like in section three, <laughs> scene number two. Yeah, but this is why Gary. Shot and I, hang on, before you knock that, this is why Gary and I watch the background and not the foreground when we watch these shows. All I know is it's very sweaty. Like I swear, they're up at the screen going. Where do I well, we see it? Where is it? Maybe. Well,
1: well, well. Here, here, here's the difference between me watching the background. You no, I
0: don't mind. It's not like it's crazy.
1: No, just just listen. Hear me out. I'll hear you out. I watch the background instead of the main action, and I catch a lot of stuff that's in the background that no one else catches. Terminator two books on the coffee table people that are finding Easter eggs and stuff, they've watched the episode just to look for the Easter eggs. Right. I'm finding them the first time I watch it.
0: Right. I get
1: it. Yeah.
0: So, going on. <laughs> well, Vision goes to his job at Com- Computational Services Incorporated, which I even thought that was kind of like, mm, there's a MacGuffin. Wanda decides that the heart represents their anniversary. How do you not know when your anniversary is? That's kind of weird, right? I mean, I Hey, March Pot. 1st. I'm good. Pot? I know. Pot. I have never forgotten my anniversary. Don't you dare. Ever. Not <laughs> once. Go ask your mother. I'm serious. I have never, ever, ever forgotten her anniversary. Fair enough. But you've forgotten what her, her birthday is. Uh, not not always. <laughs> uh, their neighbor, Agnes, introduces herself to Wanda and helps her prepare to celebrate that night. So she forgets her anniversary. The next door neighbor just happens to show up. And they are like, hey, we better celebrate. Here's what you need to do to celebrate an anniversary. You know, and it's funny because all the things that she suggests are nothing that people do to celebrate anniversaries unless you're on a 1950 sitcom. Don't you agree, Gary, like none of that <laughs> stuff is ways you would celebrate a normal anniversary like in any way shape or form? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay, why not? But I mean, I I felt like it was very like leave it to Beaver esque, right? I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There you are, Palpatine. <laughs> but it it felt very like leave it to Beaver esque, don't you think? Like something that 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 Mrs. Cleaver would have done in order to celebrate with her husband. I I that's the way I felt. Yeah,
1: like the, the, that. that's that's the problem I had with the 50s sitcoms. Yeah, I but guess that's true. Say, isn't
0: that 50s sitcoms writing like? Weird, like predictable things are well, about okay. to happen. Fifty sitcoms were trying to keep the fifties family ideology going strong. So this is like I don't know if you've ever seen the memes online. They actually aren't memes. They're actual articles where the woman, where like they tell the woman in Woman's Day magazine to be dressed for success when he comes home, like be in a dress. Uh, meet him at the door with a drink to make him feel more comfortable. Uh, <laughs> have slippers at the ready when he walks in the door. Have dinner ready to Almost go within a half an hour of him walking home from work. Ha- right, ha- All ha- these kind of crazy ha- things. Ha- 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 the, uh,
1: have his pipe ready for him. There you go, right.
0: Almost yeah. uh, right at a Mary Poppins at 10.02. I thought... The, the song yeah, where he's talking about the British clock. Correct. Situation, I mean, it yes, when he comes in the door, the slippers. But you have are to in understand, hand. in 1950s America, this was what was expected know, of women like. and the wife. This she was expected to do these things, and there was a lot of pressure from society on women. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not even saying it should happen anymore. Because for crying out loud, I don't even agree with any of this stuff. But there was pressure from society on women to function and perform this way. Now, would this uh, be great, Grandma? Uh, or great grandma, this would be your great grandmother. Yes, this would have been my mother's mother. Uh, my mother did live through it a little bit because she was married in the 50s, but like late 50s. But I don't think she ever felt the need to be this way. But also, two people forget that in this time period, women didn't go to work. It wasn't until like okay, sixties so when they went they, right. to work. they, they were. Well, even no, in the sixties, women the, the, didn't necessarily go to necessarily.
1: work. the seventies is when seventies when it all changed. So right. When did
0: Grandma start working as a, a assistant? Because when I was she, in school, When what about? I thought she was... didn't work when I was. She didn't even work when I was in elementary school. She didn't work. It wasn't until I was like maybe fifth, sixth grade, and then she started working. I swear, Papa and Grandma, when they visited me at college, talked about when they were in Chicago. Oh, Mipping. she might have worked in Chicago. But okay. once they had kids, that was a whole that different ballgame. That was ball. it. That okay. was a whole different ballgame. That
1: that's why I was asking. Yes. So, okay. but I'm just bringing... But, it's but, a valid point, Austin. But every 50s movie... Sitcom. Sitcom. Whatever. Drama, whatever. TV radio show? <laughs> well, no, because you can't see the, this visual. Yeah, but they still but, had... They explained but, what was going on, but anyway. Well, no, but still, this, this visual, you know... The wife was wearing a dress. Yeah. Cheesy over the And top. heels.
0: Okay.
1: Cleaning the house. Right. Yep. With curl, yeah, hair curled, makeup nope. on. Nope, 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 That was always always at night with the hair, hair, okay. hair curled. Okay, that's true, stuff. that's true.
0: All I know is when people talk about it, like, you have the memes where people are like, this is what it was done in the 50s, and now I do that without any clothes on because I really don't feel like wearing clothes at home. I'm sitting there going... Okay, Times I have haven't changed. heard those, and I don't know what's on your news feed, but no, that's not No, no, on no, mine. There's, there's, a, there's a couple of friends of mine who are a little and, out okay.
1: and the They know who they are. The biggest problem I have with anything at the throwback to the 40s and 50s is it's always in black and white. You don't like black and white, do you? <laughs> I, I don't care about if it's in black and white or not, but why do you have to have a show that's being made now And they're talking about back in the 50s or whatever. And it's in black and white. When did they invent color?
0: Well, technically (laughs)
1: color televisions. No, I'm not talking about color televisions. I'm talking about color. Because every time you go back in time, whether what (laughs) show it is. I get what you're saying. It's always in black and white. I think it's to represent color TV,
0: which color TV didn't come out until the early 60s now no No. my my mom had the first
1: color tvs were back in the 30s well and they just weren't as as prevalent as they are now
0: uh my mom had one of the first color tvs and it actually wasn't a color tv it was a black and white that you put a colored overlay on (laughs) happy days yeah
1: (laughs) what's that happy days yeah like stuff (laughs) like that
0: yeah it was kind of yeah which this had a little bit of a happy days feel to say, it too. It's essentially the same way like lighting films worked, right? It's like you had the colored film yeah. and it was a, Yes, that's that's exactly what it was. Okay. It was that colored film. <laughs> but they had like they had like a, had like a <laughs> opaque pink they'd stick over the, the screen and that's that's what gave it the quote unquote color. Be,
1: be, because I, I, I would pick on people that grew up in the fifties and stuff. Yeah. Every time there's something going back in the past, I go, So when did they invent color? Right. <laughs> And I'm not talking <laughs> about the TVs, it's like... I get it, I get it. I'm going back in the past, everything's going to be in black and white. <laughs> so going on,
0: Vision amazes his coworkers with his speed, but is unsure what his company actually does. I don't think we ever discover what his company actually no, does. No, it's just a computing uh, agency. He is reminded that the heart represents plans for him and Wanda to host his boss, Mr. Hart, and his wife for dinner. McGuffin. So that was, yeah, Set that's up. why Gary calls it the MacGuffin. Because it's the I, comedy skit. I think it was the MacGuffin that's, that is also maybe has a minor, you know, role there. Wanda and Vision struggle to hide their abilities while making a last-minute dinner for the hearts. Well, let's talk for a minute about what happens prior to that point. Because <laughs> Wanda shows up in a freaking negligee <laughs> and tries to, you know, surprise Vision. And, of course, he comes home with his boss and his wife. no. And then they play it off as well. She's from Wakanda, you no, no Sokovia, Sokovia, the other one. <laughs> and you know they try to play it off. Well, she's European. You know, I, I told my wife I thought it was kind of funny too because supposedly this was a racy negligee, and I'm like, really? Because compared to her costume later on, this negligee <laughs> covers more. But you know.
1: but at the time that was in the 1950s, rizzy, yeah. right? Like if you habu. just showed any neck.
0: You would have been way oh. outside of the box there but in the nineteen fifties. But she wears a dress where the things down to here, and you could see her neck. Uh, it, well, yeah, it, that would have been a big deal hey, back then. Hey,
1: that, that was a thing going for for men. <laughs> right. I get to see her bare shoulders. Yeah, Ooh. oh yeah, bare shoulders <laughs>
0: was a big deal. By the way, if you didn't, if you never watched Leave It to Beaver any of those nineteen fifties shows, when they showed the bedroom for the parents, I always thought this was so interesting. They're the, separate they, beds. Right, they were always in separate beds. They were never allowed to be in the same bed. And I always thought that was hysterical because, I mean, I've never known parents to have separate beds. Well, Grandparents, I- yes, but not parents. <laughs> and I would think that maybe that was, parents that are slightly separated. That was done, by the way, because the corporations that oh, ran yeah. the TVs... The TV stations didn't want to imply that anything was going on in the bedroom, so you kept the parents separated because you know you're married <laughs> now. That's not supposed oh, to be happening. It adding. was part of the it, it taboo. Was...
1: It, it's taboo enough that they're sleeping in the same room. Oh my goodness! Right, like
0: how dare you sleep in the same bed? And they slept with clothes on, by the way. Always made sure they were fully clothed.
1: No time it, out here. go Okay, <laughs> the movie The Patriot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. When uh, Heath Ledger spent the night. Yeah. What did they do?
0: They the uh, the, uh, the bag thing. They sold yeah. him to the bed. They sold him to the bed? I thought they sewed a bag on him that he couldn't move.
1: Well it seemed different. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they they sewed a, a what's called a sleeping sleeping tarp onto him. Well, essentially. Which which would basically have kept him from getting out. Uh, Yes, and that was their way of... That was their chastity belt, as it were. So, essentially, if it was been Harry Houdini, it would have been a straitjacket and he would have gotten out of it. Yes. Yes, that's exactly it.
1: But he couldn't get her out of it, though. Right.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) At least not without the parents knowing, anyway. See, that was the point. See, that's the point everybody misses about that movie. It's not just about him, it's about her, too. You would know if he got out and she got out because it would be pretty obvious. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> you would know. I,
1: explain this to me, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm
1: going to say this. And I'm, I'm, time out.
0: I'll let you figure that out on your Maybe own. Maybe <laughs> back in 50s TV, I don't understand this, but if you're married, would you not be sleeping to have kids? <laughs> Together in the same bed, at least. No, because Storks brought your kids. What oh are you talking gosh. about? <laughs> yeah, the Elastic Pickle guy. Right. <laughs> it's like, how do you not know how, how this works by now? How do you think you got here? All I know is... A a, stork brought you to my front door. What are you talking about?
1: (laughs) And and, and besides... What does
0: this feel like Uh, Bill Cusby's
1: like, you know you ain't. The police brought you. Haven't you
0: watched that that movie, The Stork? Come on. (laughs) And and besides,
1: the husband never fathered any of the kids. It was either the (laughs) mailman or the (laughs) milkman.
0: This is true, Yes. (laughs) So, going on, because I don't want this to delve into other stuff, Wanda and Vision struggle to hide their abilities, struggle is kind of a low word there, while making a last minute dinner for the hearts. The The fact that she's got the kitchen, like, not only torn apart, but it's in the air, and, and of course, in the meantime, while she's trying to cook, the next door neighbor comes over, and she's trying to help her out. (laughs) <laughs> that's, you know, why we end up having a lobster on the door by the end of the episode, which was kind of odd and well, weird. I like the um, – when she – when the one person opens up the the pass-through and everything's in the air, I'm just waiting for the Fantasia music for the walking brooms. <laughs> well, it was kind of, you know, <laughs> that was kind of funny. Yeah. She was that, in there going – Oh, I would love to have the music of this And movie. all I can say is the hearts are really stupid people because if they never saw half of what was going on, it was really dumb. But that goes back to what Gary was talking about, which is the really dumb, over-the-top humor that, that was, like, way obvious, <laughs> yeah. right? So, uh,
1: you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I love Lucy head, over-the-top humor. But not as bad as this. Uh, yeah, I'll give yeah, you I that. I was going to say, yeah.
0: watching a few of the Christmas specials with Grandma. But don't you think they did that to just kind of overemphasize? Like, that's the feeling I got. They were definitely overemphasizing the point here.
1: Oh, it's obviously... Um, Wanda not knowing what the 50s comedies were. Except, right. Except for the fact of what she used to watch when, when she was a kid.
0: Which right, means- and, and knowing what we know later, I think all of this being in her head the way it is... I, I truly believe that's, that's what's going on. Okay, so while interrogating Wanda and Vision, Mr. Hart chokes on his food. And v- Vision uses his abilities to save him. So he chokes on a piece of food and, and really almost dies. Now, again, going back to now what we know versus what we knew then. So this is our second time watching it. I think it's kind of interesting to think that it's a possibility. It's a possibility that Wanda did not like getting interrogated by Hart. And so it's a possibility she made him choke on the food. To punish him? (laughs) Well, to to one of two things. Either punish him or even just shut him up. So that she could, like, get him out of the house. Now think about it. Then Vision uses his abilities to save him. Mm -hmm. So here she is using her abilities to almost kill him. Mm-hmm. And Vision uses his abilities to save him So there's kind of this weird You know what I mean Like I, Looking back on it now It's kind of like This This is interesting This is a little messed up <laughs> Right So all this takes place in the f- fictional sitcom Titled WandaVision Which someone is watching on a television, so it's like, we're the audience looking in, they kind of break the third wall at the end, mm. when he turns fourth the TV, wall? or fourth wall, excuse me, when he turns the TV off with the remote control, which by the way, that's what remote controls used to look like, okay?
1: It's like <laughs> Did not. Remote controls were a kid. <laughs>
0: okay, the real, the real reality for most of us is true, because I was our remote control for <laughs> our family.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: and you, you had to care enough to want to change the channel, so like, if you're, you know, uh, who's the comedian that said, you know, when well, you had to change the channels, so you had to go over and be like, oh, I'm going to change to three, three, you know, like it was, uh, oh. that's Chris, uh, Chris Rock, I think did, <laughs> to, did that one. I mean, really, you had to be so annoyed with what was going on in oh. the television that you wanted to change the channel. Well, I'm just imagining you talking about having to change the rabbit ears. <laughs> yes. Yes. The rabbit ears. Don't not move. move. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so a commercial during the WandaVision program advertises a Stark Industries, toastmate 2000 toaster oven what do you guys think that might have been for like we know all the commercials represent other things what do you think the toaster oven might have been for the stark industries toaster oven uh, i'm a bit cynical but i'm gonna say because stark used the infinity Gaul and killed himself he <laughs> doing so he kind of burned himself so he's a burnt toast beast Okay, that's kind of wow. That's that got dark, but I like it. I like where your head's at. Okay, Gary, what do you think it represents?
1: A tie into the Avengers and stuff. Okay, because Stark Industries and and also at the time, showing them that they didn't develop just weapons. Okay, fair enough. That Stark Industries did more than just weaponry. Okay, my thought
0: process was maybe this is Wanda's view on Iron Man that all he is is a glorified toaster oven. (laughs) Like, really? Like, think about it. Like, isn't that what all Tony Stark is in that armor? He's glorified toaster oven. He creates heat in the form of lasers and rockets, and he throws it at his enemy. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I I I, I can I get didn't that. Think about it. Yeah, I I can get that. But maybe maybe it's the Human Torch and uh, <laughs> right? uh, re- recycle recycled into a toaster. <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: Maybe Tony Stark oh, like it, grabbed the Human Torch and you like you know it could be a mention to the the offenders Initiative robot Human Torch. Well, it could be. Who knows? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that's what, what I'm talking that? about. Yeah. What was that oh. called? Humanoid, right? I think was what he was called. Well, this was the Human Torch. Was he Human Torch yeah. at that point? Okay. I thought he was a different name <laughs> at that point, but. Yeah, I think it's Johnny Storm Human Torch for Fantastic Four. So what did you guys think of this first episode of WandaVision? Uh, I know this is their second time watching it, so it's kind of hard to talk about our our first initial thoughts, but w- what did you guys think of this episode? Because there's not much more to say. We just went over the whole Well, I'm not, ra- not
1: going to rate it. I'm just going to say I didn't like it the first time and didn't like it the second time.
0: Okay. Austin, what did you think? I'll be honest. If you I can w- rate it if you want if to. If I were to yeah. rate it, I'm going to rate it at a five. Okay. It w- It got weird, and maybe because I didn't watch enough fifty sitcoms, and I don't understand it, but it felt forced. Like a lot of the comedy felt played well, a lot out. Of the... Like you had the you had the setup with the the calendar, mm-hmm. then you had the even more of the setup because finally the results there, but they're not meshing because you know one person thinks it's one thing, one person thinks it's another, and the miscommunications. Here's the setup again. The the payoff is her coming out in what would be scantily clad clothes for the 50s and not seeing in what I would only equate as mid dark that does not look like vision from behind. I get it. And then the payoff when it's like, "No, the heart meant this." But, you know, this is 1950s sitcom America. It's kind of how it worked back then. It was over the top. Uh it was done over the top on purpose. Think about I know you used to watch Mom pa Kettle with my dad. The comedy in that... We watched Hee Haw with him. That okay, Hee but the comedy in Hee Haw is way over the top, isn't it? It felt that's like... It the felt style like, of comedy. Well, now, looking doing. back on it, Hee Haw felt like a vaudeville show, so it didn't feel real. It right, felt like, well, it, that's, it felt like It a, was a vaudeville show in a way oh, it yet. was. Oh, it, okay. it was. Like a, yeah, it was like a 70s vaudeville style well, show. Uh, You're kind of right in that regard. <laughs> uh, I have Intro ma- to Mass Media on my side. Thank you, Mr. <laughs>
1: and I think my podcast was more like the 30s. You might be right. It might be 30s and 40s. Earlier, earlier you yeah. know.
0: Yeah. I, You know, I, my first time watching this episode through, I, I was more slightly confused about what I was watching because I was like, I got that they were trying to merge 1950s sitcom TV, but I was trying to like, okay, why? Where are we going with this? And I was more annoyed that we didn't give any sort of... There were no clues in this one about where they were moving. I mean, yes, there was at the very end we saw a sword... What was it? Logo on a book, on and I a think book that was with it. The TV portion, right? So you kind of got that they were going somewhere, but there was—I was kind of annoyed <coughs> because in the very first episode, they didn't do much to draw you in. They just gave you this weird show, and so I, that's why I would give this more of like a four out of ten, only because there's nothing to draw you in. If you were, to, it's kind of a shame because I thought the show got better as it went on. I was going to say, if you were to draw in, and I know we're going to probably spoil this later. If you were to draw in the intro with Darcy from episode, what, three? Yeah, or and, something And had the line. intro with episode three where you had Darcy and them find this town that's abandoned, but it's there, and there's a an anomaly going on, then you I transition I forget which to- episode it is where the Wong, the B.D. Wong character, yeah. just walks off into the town and he disappears. If you'd have just had that at the beginning and then gone into the sitcom... Yeah. I might have been like, "Oh, where no. are we going with this? Like, what are now we trying to imply?" Right? You like, got me. But, but you did nothing to keep. You know, well, I almost gave up by episode two. By I really did. The, by well, the time we got to when Darcy was introduced, she was watching the show. That episode was playing on the TV in the background. Right. Right.
1: So the the the, the whole thing that I was confused at was there was no build up for a relationship really between the Vision and Wanda. Right. Uh, as far as where they were dating or love or whatever you know it was just it was just
0: uh like even in the movies you kind of got the impression they had a connection
1: yeah but, but that... never to
0: this point right and i right. still feel like we're there's this gap you know right between between her and him having that night in i forget it's the age of ultron where they're kind of like connecting with each other yeah to this point and it's supposed to fill the gap between then and going into uh, Endgame and all that. And I, I kind of feel like, e- even while having watched the whole show, it has not done that. It didn't fill that gap.
1: Yeah, actually, I still I, feel
0: like there's a gap there.
1: Actually, it's it, it's completely after Endgame. Yeah, it is because we'll it end. End. You're right because Vision's already
0: Ray's right, already made and all that
1: and well destroyed in the movie. Yeah, that, you
0: know. so that, that's where I'm saying. Like. It, th- that gap's still there, and it's still prevalent, and there's still, like, no explanation. How how she got to be that now, in love with Vision, like, that strong.
1: And, and the other thing is, is, in the movies, she was not the Scarlet Witch.
0: Right, no. this is
1: true. <laughs> no. She was just Wanda there, Maximoff.
0: There is one scene that saves it, and it's an Infinity War, where they are on the run because Cap broke away from... Uh, Iron Man and the Avengers and blah 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 blah. It's this one random scene that you see some of a connection and that's it. And now we're supposed to jump into the show where we're supposed to believe right, there's it. a connection. Why? Well, and this okay. is t- really t- strong connection. Tell right. me
1: what the connection is.
0: Uh, they're on the run. They're in. They're in a European. They're city in a European and city and they get attacked him. by two of Thanos's uh, minions. 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 Yeah. But right before that, they're talking about how to get the stone out of his head because then they could go live possibly a normal life. Right. That's, that's the only connection scene it's, that we see. And it was like five, not even two minutes long I was in that say, movie. say, it's like less than five it, minutes it, of it, film. It, it had to be
1: less than, than that because I don't even remember that whole part.
0: It was just long enough for them to say, hey, there's a connection between these two guys. And that's about it. You know, <laughs> yeah, like It was like, it's, a, it's a footnote. It's a yeah. drop footnote. And now we're going to try to build a connection on it. It doesn't. And if you're somebody like my wife who didn't read the comics, you're kind of like, well, then how did you jump from that to this? Like. How did she become this involved with a guy that she barely met? You know, (laughs) like a robot. (laughs) Well,
1: that's what I'm saying, right? I've read the comics, and I knew about all this going into this. And
0: I still didn't get it. And I still didn't get (laughs) it. Exactly. Exactly. You still didn't sell me on the idea.
1: So like I said, there was not enough to draw
0: you in. That was my big complaint. Episode one was like dry. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree with you. Dry toast. That's what this was. (laughs) Hey, Stark Avengers. There you go. From the Stark Avengers toaster. Burnt dry toast. Burnt toast, yes. So, there's really not much else we have to say on this subject, and I knew we wouldn't have a lot. So, uh, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Did you feel the same way we did? Did you feel differently? Again, you can get a hold of us on MeWe. You can get a hold of us on Gab, Facebook, Twitter. We are on Rumble. We are on YouTube. You can email us at GalaxyCastGmail.com. We'd love to hear what you have to say about that. And that was our thoughts in the first episode of Wandavision. We'll cover the next episode in the next episode of the Galaxy Cast. And as we like to always say here in the Star Production Studios, may the force be with those who listen. listen. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Galaxy Cast. We hope the show enlightened you on some of the latest stories in the realms of science fiction, fantasy, and cosplay. We appreciate your time and we also value your opinion. We'd love to hear from you. Please take some time to send us your feedback at our email, which is galaxycast@gmail.com or You can contact us via social media. Just head on over to Facebook or Twitter and search the word GalaxyCast, all one word, and leave us some comments. If you want to see some behind the scenes of our production, head on over to YouTube and search GalaxyCast there as well. You will find us under our Star Productions banner. The GalaxyCast podcast can also be found online at GalaxyCast.com. Or through your podcast aggregators like the Apple Store or Spotify. The Galaxy Cast is a production by Star Productions. Themed commercials within this episode are also written and produced by Bob Chrisman through Star Productions, all rights reserved. Music from the intro and outro of The Galaxy Cast can be found online at www.silvermansound.com. Intro music is titled Switch Me On, and outro music is titled The Gatekeepers. You can find links in our show notes. Until next time, Galaxy Cast fans. Follow the first star to the right and straight on till morning.